Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everyone loves happy hour. And no one makes an hour happier than actress, comedian, author, host, and self-proclaimed hat girl, Dee Dee Sorvino who each show serves up an hour of good times and great conversation. Food, culture, fashion, current events, history, or just good gossip. Grab a cocktail and take a seat as Dee Dee shares stories, talks with friends, and makes you wish you could keep the bar tab open all night. Where there's a party, there's Dee Dee, and you are invited. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Drinks with Dee Dee. Here's your host, Dee Dee Sorvino. Welcome, welcome everyone. Boy, do we have a great show for you today. We have a rock star and a good looking one. You know, some of those are not Mick Jagger, no. Good looking, hot, and you're going to have a great time. I'm Dee Dee Servino, your host, and uh, just happy to have friends along. And, you know, we've got our we've got our bar buddies here and we've got our star guest. And so, uh, you know, I think it's time. You won't even believe who we have, folks. This is very, very exciting. And I have to say that, you know, I actually feel like I can say I'm a friend of this guy. I mean, I don't want to be, you know, too ahead of myself or anything, but I feel like he's a friend and I'm so excited. Hey, I want to introduce you all to the one and only Rex Smith. What? But I work, I tell you what, I make a thing called chop, chop salad. I, I went to culinary school. Uh, my mother, you know, my mother had a master's in criminology, mother of four boys, all two years apart. And after the, this is a single woman after World War II, she went to Paris and studied with Dion Lucas culinary with her. So I grew up in my mother's kitchen, which was, you know, one of my earliest memories is dropping a souffle and, um, you, you know how to make a souffle. When I dropped the souffle, I yeah, I'm slammed, sorry, don't best. slam the door, the oven door, yeah. boom, and uh, and it fell. And oh, um, yes. five course meals were not unusual with my mother in tears running away from the table because we attacked it like young lion cubs. <laughs> and and um, when I was doing Sunset Boulevard in Toronto, my my wife had, uh, you know, I got the Dear John when I was on the road playing Danny Zuko, just a telephone call going, I can't live this life. I go, how tough are you? You live on the beach. I mean, it's that hard. But, I know, but, but she wants to be with you, you know. So so anyway, when I was in Toronto, I'm getting shot three times, you know, in the back by, you know, uh, Norma Desmond at the end of the show. No one ever leaves a star. Bam. Bam, bam. The third one, I had to fall a dead fall about at least 18 feet into the orchestra pit. And you can't put your hands out. It's got to be a dead oh, fall. Wow, wow. And um, so I was pretty much a mess. And I went to culinary uh, in a 
in a, what fit in on my days, not matinee days, and they were happy to have me. And it turned out I discovered that I was quite adept because I'd learned so much in my mother's kitchen. Mm-hmm. And and um, uh, and I, I met uh, Umberto Mengi, who very successful restaurateur in Canada, has five restaurants. He took me under his wing. And when I finished my well, I was in between from Toronto to taking it to Vancouver. I went and lived at his Villa Della where he does for millionaires he does you know they stay for a week and spend 25 30 grand to Rex, cook in the morning a reality show this is insanity i mean it just goes on and on and on and on and on you're a chef as well all these things i mean yeah. you know yeah. are you going well, to design clothes next do you have a, and, a line? you know what that was funny because well i was on i was on merv griffin and i told him i told the pre-interview i said yeah I, and i thought it was a reasonable thing at the time teen idol i said I was going to make Rex jeans, right? And I get out there and Merv goes, so Rex. Oh, Rex. I mean, he always showed the, I mean, he was, he, <laughs> he, he was quite enamored of me. And he goes, so I understand you want to get into ladies' pants. <laughs> no, I, I go, no, Merv, I want ladies to get into my pants. And it was like, whoa. So sometimes my brain works pretty well. So look, Rex, I mean, you have all these women who adore you. You've got this gorgeous wife. She's so sweet. She's so beautiful. Mm. I mean, I mean, what is that like? I mean, I mean, when these women are like, oh, I love you. You're so great. Whatever. I mean, does, do you love that? Does that bother you? Does it no, bother I'm, I mean, I'm quite that- happy that I, I, you know, my time of fame was when it was fun to be famous. It was fun. It was fun. Now you it's just, famous. It's just You're still a, famous. Don't be silly. It's a, it's a, yeah, but I'm talking where you, you know, had to, you had to have a bodyguard to go out on the street. You know what I mean? But, but, uh, well, I saw uh, those women charging at you at Paul's thing. I'm sorry, but it's kind of still there. Well, yeah. well, uh, you know, in a, in a good way, you know what? Some degree. I'm, happy to, okay. I'm happy to represent a time, a moment, a snapshot in, some you know uh, certain people's lives that brings wonderful memories and such you know and that's a great that's a great a great thing and it's uh and i do believe it's related to um you know what has carried me and bolstering along is actual talent and not being sort of created like you know i was none no part of my career has been anything but initiative and and artistic effort and not just riding on the coattails of fluff. You know, it's hard, hard, hard. Roll up your sleeves work and dedication. And it, and it, I've got, you know, I have five, five children that are all, you know, my youngest, uh, my youngest daughter is full scholarship. She's at Berkeley chemistry undergrad and Gatsby is uh, getting his master's at Cornell, but he, he's because he had a full ride to Cornell. I mean, I've done pretty good with these kids. One of my daughters was pro surfer for Roxy and the other is musician. And, and she's the one that go, I'm the most like you, dad. And then my oldest, Brandon, is the one that I met when he was 16 because his mother on her deathbed said, your father's Rex Smith. And I was doing Sunset and he came to find me. Oh, and he, he and I have the, uh, she was the Columbia rep when I did the Calgary stampede in summer 79, I was the most popular guy from New York to Tokyo, you know? And, um, I, I, I three days I was in Calgary and, uh, 
you know, the third night it was Mustang convertible, full moon. We're in the back seat, hitching up our jeans. And I said, you know what? I was smitten by this girl. She was fresh, like Canadian fresh, just sweet. And I said, you know what? I have two weeks R&R at the presidential suite at the Kahala Hilton in Hawaii. Would you like to come and talk about taking sand to the beach? Because, you know, it was like an Elvis movie or James Bond meets Elvis. Uh, honey, you are an Elvis movie. <laughs> so, so she goes, you know what? I'm separated going through a divorce. It wouldn't work. So it wasn't. It wasn't like I left in a snowstorm, like, oh, come back. It was like, well, I asked, and I never heard from her again. And it turned out that she married a man who was the youngest partner in the most esteemed law firm in Calgary. They both became drug addicts. He became a drug dealer. They, they, their lives went spiraled. Of course. And, and Brandon's life was, he was homeless by the time he was 13. Oh. So. But here is here is where here is where nature versus nurture. Here's where bloodline and and stoicism and everything that I inherited that is passed on to him. He he. All right. I'm, I'm doing sunset. There's an empty seat in the front center of this. It's a, you know, 15,000 seat, 1500 seat theater. It's a pretty full house. It's a matinee. And there's an empty seat dead center. And at the top of the second act, I sing Sunset Boulevard, you know, and there's this 16 year old boy sitting there. And wherever I go, he's just burning a hole through me. There's an Alfred Hitchcock movie called Strangers on a Train where uh -huh. Bruno and the, the tennis scene where all the heads are going like that. But Bruno's like right. that. That's what it was like. And so much so when we're doing the bows. Diane said, do you see that kid? And I go, yeah, I do. And. I'm so proud of this. After almost two years of living in Canada, I was raising money for charity out in the lobby. After the first bow, I'd run out to the front of the house and for 20 bucks do a Polaroid. It was a charitable thing. And this, this young boy gets in line and he comes up. I wish I had it. And we take a picture. I go, uh, what's your name? He said, Brandon. And I said, uh, you seem like a very intense young man. Are you interested in the arts? And I looked up and Atlas shrugged and, the world tilted on its axis and I knew that I was looking at my firstborn son. And he said his mother's name. He said, does that ring a bell? I said, yes, it does. And I said to my dresser, I said, take this young man to the green room. And I remember the green room, the way the theater was, you went downstairs from the lobby to go down to the green room. And he paused at the top and looked at me with this look of longing, like, like Billy Budd or something he, he like it was the last he was going to see of me. And we were, you know, we were having a drink a couple of years ago. He goes, Dad, you know what? When you said take him to the green room, I thought it was like carnival talk, like take him out, and, you know, toss him in a dumpster. Oh, and um, so I said, uh, why don't we go to dinner, you know, in between shows? It was a rainy day. It was always rainy in Vancouver. And he pulled out a little worn plastic thing a miniature of one of my albums a picture that he had sealed in plastic and he goes all my life people said i look like you and um uh so for like three days he was staying in like a, a little just the saddest little uh, sailor hotel where he had to pay you know money for the for the tv to work and stuff after three days of meeting him for a coffee every day i said why don't you just come stay with me and uh 
he stayed a few days and it was just apparent. I mean, we just, it was no doubt about it. I said, I, I you know, here I am. I, I, I said, I think we'll take a DNA test. And it was very, this is in 95. I mean, so it was, you know, luckily I had a lot of swing in Canada to get it done rather quickly. But I said, listen, I'm closing shop here. I'm going back to California. If it is true, then you're coming home. If it's not, you can please stay in touch with me. I admire your journey and anything I can do to help. And it came through that it was. So he came home and my ex-wife who dumped me on the road, she was dropping off my daughters for the summer. And there he was out shooting baskets and, <laughs> and she pulled up and got out and he turned around and he goes, Hey dad. And she looked at me and she went, no fucking way. And I was like, <laughs> so now I've got two daughters and I've got to introduce them to their brother. And so I said to Brandon, I said, look, we'll just tell them that you're the son of a friend of mine right now. And then my, my daughter, Megan, who was, I don't know, nine, eight, she goes, your friend is awful cute. And I went, okay, all right. So I made a Thanksgiving oh, dinner no. <laughs> in the middle of July right, and everything. And I said, uh, okay, everybody. I said, Brandon's your brother, your big brother. And this is a beautiful thing about children. Megan went, yes, I'm not the oldest anymore. And uh, everything just worked out fine. And Brandon now drives a Bentley. He's a millionaire. He's in New York and he's just killing it. And he's got, my two grandchildren, Victoria and Duchanan. And Duchanan's an unusual name. And I said, where'd you get that name? He goes, well, he's the Duke. He goes, he goes, Victoria's the, you know, the princess. Duchanan's the Duke and I'm the bastard prince. Uh, and you're, you're Rex, you're the king. And I go, man. And we talk every day. If I get an emoji for my other kids, I'm like, honey, I got a, I got a smiley face. But Brandon, every day we go, because we both know what we didn't have and what we do have. So that's the story of Brandon. And he's a huge part of my life. And, and it is, I have a show called confessions of a teen idol that I do. It's one man show. And I, I, I assembled all of the, uh, I'll, I'll send you a little thing. You can knock it out when you put this together. It's a little yes. one minute thing of what it is. And, and it, you can add it to this show. Okay. But, but when I get to that part and I sing the song sunset Boulevard and it's all the video because we did, you know, Oprah did a thing on us and stuff, but I didn't, none of it has been. And then when he, I first met him, um, uh, I was on, I can't remember her show. I did it to um, not as some showbiz parade. I did it to show the world there is no scarlet letter. And I wanted to just like give a cigar to everybody and go, it's a boy. So that I introduced him on the Leela, uh, the whatever big show. Anyway, um, that was that's part of the ongoing journey of this unusual and wonderful family that that I've managed to. That's the thing that amazes me is when I was off tour, I was 100 percent. I was as much of 100 percent on tour. I used to take one half of Battleship back when there was no other way. And I'd play battleship on the phone um, to, to keep a ongoing thing. And I would tell my children, I'd go, listen, it's almost just pretend I'm the captain of a submarine and I'm going under the North pole and I won't be able to, you know, when I get back of your thing, but I always put all of my everything on my downtime to dad time. 
and and uh yeah i uh i yeah i quit showbiz after i did uh kiss me kate 52 weeks on the road i only missed three shows and that's eight shows a week it was a first class tour i mean it was huge and um i wanted to do little league and all the things coach and do all those things that i never could do with my other kids and i got it I left and went into the real world. I left the gas station at 17. And I never was never a waiter, never anything. All I did was sing. I sang my way through my life. Probably sang more than I talked. Not taking this show as an example. I do tend to go. But um, I don't know. I'm kind of stealing the show here. I won't. Well, and it's so all about you, Rax. Rax, you huh? are the king. You're yeah. the king. Well, no, I'm the king of the show. <laughs> and, and yeah, somebody asked a question. It's an Who's amateur. Got a yeah, if anyone has a question, great, go for it. Hey, actually, I want to. I, I just got done with the pisco effect, uh, so I apologize on that one. It was on the road, I was in the middle of nowhere. But as you are telling the story, which thank you for sharing, um, it was like a recap of different things because I actually can see and uh, the areas that you're describing is places that I had been. So you talked about skiing and the Alps. What about Banff? I grew up skiing in Banff uh, when, when I was a teenager. And ah. that's actually one of my favorite places to go skiing at. So, yeah. Um, anyway, you, you learn know, to ski up there. You learn black ice. You learn how to manage on ice. You know what I mean? You hit that. You hit some of those trails. It's, 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 it can be, it's challenging skiing you know, and Banff and such. You know, it's like there is beautiful when you got the powder and everything. But it is you learn a lot to ski in that part of the world you know there's i've skied the alps i've skied i i you know i i when i did i i replaced andy gibb on solid gold um it was only uh, you know i was i didn't know this i was the first guy to make the first in syndication make a million dollars in syndication but i didn't i it was a great contract but i didn't know that it was that i was getting buying some beer at the grocery store and i, I read it in the inquirer i was like oh no kidding I'm going to go get some imported beer. And um, and Andy was, he should have never left Australia. He was a sweetheart. But he wasn't built for this business. It's a hazard. You know, and fame is the, most, is the worst drug in the world. Because I knew Michael Jackson and stuff. I mean, I, it is, that's why I'm so loose about letting go of it. Because you better be able to let go of it or you'll go down. It'll take you down. But But for example... Andy Gibb, you only had to work six days a month, three days every two weeks, but you had to sing the hit songs and do the thing. They hired me, and I bought an open cockpit Great Lakes biplane, and I got my license, and I was flying aerobatics over Malibu. You know, he was locked in a bathroom with a 45 and cocaine, and I was hanging by the straps buzzing Linda Ronstadt's house in Malibu, you know, with Jerry Brown waving a towel. So it's like talking about, you know, I, I work to live. I took that bull by the horns and turned it into, you know, my dad flew Hellcats in World War II. My cousin flew F-4s in Vietnam and he was shot down, ended up in the Hanoi Hilton. And he, uh, his remains came 13 years later. He was buried, you know, full honors at Arlington and, and, his daughter received the flag who never knew his father because he, his mother was pregnant when he deployed. And she has a organization for children who never knew their fathers, you know, in very, in the wars. And uh, that's just part of 
I think the sinew of my family tree, you know? So anyway, I was glad to get that and flying, you know, put on a parachute and stick and rudder flying open cockpit, like flying Emmelman's and doing barrel rolls. And yeah. And I used to get up early and fly over. Like I do a dawn patrol, like it was war one. I'd come over just like over, over a hilltop and guns, 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 pulling around. And when I did street Hawk, Virgil Vogel was the oldest director at Universal, but he did the pilot for Miami Vice, Street Hawk, and he was their most esteemed director. And God damn it, kid, he loved me. He, he directed Steve McQueen in his show, Wanted Dead or Alive. And he'd go, kid, you're the next McQueen. You got that. You got the McQueen thing. <laughs> and I go like, well, I, I don't think I really paid off on that. But we used to go flying. We'd play tennis at six in the morning on Saturday after working late on Friday nights. And then he had a twin engine beach Duchess and we would fly military wheels up kids. Soon as we lift off 70, pull it back 70% wheels up. And we, there was a place called Fox field an uncontrolled airport. And we would do bombing runs, strafing runs. And then we'd land and we would drink like, yeah, like we had just come back and come back alive. And, uh, uh, you know, it was adventure on, on top of adventure. And I remember I was at a party, uh, this is the last Hollywood party I really went to. It was a party thrown by uh, Alana Hamilton Stewart, right? Who chased me around town a lot. I mean, I, I don't know how she knew I'd be in a restaurant. Some of your roles would be pulling up. I go, oh, no. Anyway, she goes, I'm throwing a party to get you and Tatum O'Neill back together. I mean, Tatum was my girlfriend for, for a minute. And I said, I, I don't think so. But anyway, so I go there on Saturday night. On Friday night, was it Friday? Yeah, and everybody's here. McEnroe's here, and I he's done you McEnroe from New York, and and it was all the tennis players and all the hoi polloi and the Ferraris and Lamborghinis stuff. And my humble little Porsche was like a Volkswagen, you know. The thing at one point, somebody well, so I'm sitting there and they're they're partying. I mean, hard Hollywood in 1982, and McEnroe's going, Rex, why aren't you not partying? I go, eh, I got to get up in the morning. He goes, Get up! It's Saturday. What are you doing? I said. I'm playing tennis in the morning. <laughs> His face was like, what? And then some star goes, who's, who's effing Porsche is blocking my Ferrari or whatever. I go, that's mine. And I, so I got in and I'm driving down sunset, you know, out of Beverly Hills towards, uh, you know, away from there. And, uh, I was like, uh, I was going, man, what are you doing, Rex? I mean, I, you know, I pulled up at a stoplight. And I could have done a U-turn. I was waiting for the light, and I was going like, "That party's just getting going." I mean, you go, you go party it. And I went, "Nah, that's it." And that was a huge thing. That's where I cut. I never really was at those Hollywood parties. I'd be the one in the kitchen talking to the help, really more than going out to schmooze. I didn't find it very entertaining, and uh, I felt like there was better people in the kitchen <laughs> than there were in the at the party half the time. And um, and I just kept going straight. And that was, that was, that's where I really, uh, that was the beginning of, that was curtain down on one part on a, you know, the partying thing and all that. Uh, it was curtain down and just moving on, you know, like one day I stopped sniffing glue when I was a kid and I said, Hey, well, that's enough of that. So there you go. I didn't sniff glue, but anyway. Did you, so Rex, I mean, yeah. is, is I feel like the drug of a great life is your drug. I mean, and you've been in the business where there have been so many people taken down, including Andy Gibb, which was so sad. 
so sad because you know it I is a big parallel with him. I but, was the kid, you know, with uh, you know, with uh, Gattafini and what I mean, you, you know, uh, I'm not going to name names, but these guys right, back in those days. Go down with drugs. I mean, in Matthew Perry, this this was like the news today. And yesterday, yeah. the day before, and, and they they keep layering in about how he almost died, and whatever. So we've heard about this with show business people, but you're so grounded. There's better stories than that, you're though. So I, I find that I find that just sad. That that's the oh, we're all excited. Tell them how your heart stopped or whatever. I mean, I, I know this thing, well, but I it's, agree with it's, you. I think it's, it is very sad. It's like a sideshow, and it's it's there's there's healthier things to Hollywood do. Hollywood sideshow, but it is a Hollywood sideshow. Yeah. Well, I used to tell them, you know, like they'd go, Rex, we're going party, and I'd go, listen, three days later with a hooker and cold pizza looking at a test pattern doesn't sound like fun to me. You know, and I was always yes, like, you, I mean, I was like, obviously you are approached all the time. You had to deal with that, all the temptation, fame, blah, blah, all that. So anyway, have, did, you, did you have one, a moment where you had a bad moment? And you're like, I'm not doing this again. Or no, did I you always, feel I always like, said, you know, I want nothing to do with this. I always went, I always went home before the sun came up and that was, that, that solved everything. Oops. <laughs> it's the end of the night. I'm going home. And that because nothing good happens after the sun comes up. After a night, you know, better be in your bed and not be just going grinding through another day, grinding your teeth or whatever. And it was, listen, I was in, well, anyway, I was, you know, I mean, I knew Belushi and uh, and such. And, you know, I used to go to Martha's Vineyard and then, you know, uh, go out in the mud flats behind his place and everybody run around naked and sliding around in the mud and in that oh, gray mud, that Martha's really? Vineyard thing. But I was like, like I say, I was like the kid, you know what I mean? I was young and, uh, but, um, but I held my own and, and I was doing interesting work that put me on par, I think, you know, and in, in, in a way with these people and I'm not knocking any of it, but it's, uh, it's, um, well, anyway, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, just, and I think that's a good advice for anybody. Just go home before the sun comes up. There's a great thing on these memes or whatever. They have a thing where they have Michael Jackson, like they do these things and they keep adding this one thing, Michael Jackson from like 1982, where he goes, stop it, just stop it, get some help. And it's, they, they add it to something ridiculous or somebody's doing something ridiculous and they just have <laughs> Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jordan going, stop it, get some help. And so, that's that what you think, I mean, that you, I mean, you, you, we're a star. You are a star. You're you're still plugging away. Do you think it's the discipline that's keeping you there? Do you think it's your person? I mean, I think yeah, I eight shows a week. Eight shows a week. You know, eight shows a week is a huge requires tremendous yeah. discipline and to yeah. be a, to be vocally there. You you got to get your sleep. That's an important thing for a singer. You must sleep to preserve your voice. You have to. And um, so. I, I don't want to sound too dramatic. This is getting too dramatic. It should be light and fluffy. So it's moving, light and moving fluffy. pushing that no, off the page. You know, but Rex, you're you're getting it done. What the fuck? Oh, sorry, Roku. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying you are one of the guys that are getting it done because a lot of people fall by the wayside, but you're still in here, you're kicking it, you're getting it done. There's a reason. I mean, obviously, you're a wonderful person, you're grounded, you're talented, you have tons and tons of talent personality look that's a big deal but you know there's a secret to you i'm just asking you what you think it is 
I grow roses. Okay. I have, I have, I have a rose garden. You'll be swell. And I, <laughs> and I, and, and like Brandy goes, Dad, you can't just take care of roses. And I go, I take care of stuff, but I tell you, I've run like a man with my hair on fire for 45 years and I find a discipline in it. And, uh, and I, I groom my roses and I have roses around the house that I keep, right, you know, that I'm always fresh. And, Everything's and, coming up roses for yeah. you and for me. Well, and, I and, and, and I, and I, I enjoy my coffee with I, my hummingbirds know me. And, and I tell you what, it's a time of my, I find myself, I'm inheriting and not mimicking, but just naturally coming through to me are things that I witnessed uh, my, on my mother's side. My grandfather was just the old school doctor with the black bag. He was an esteemed, From admired man. And, and in his you know, later years, he was, he was having his coffee and, uh, and he did roses too. He was a wonderful fly fisherman. And, and, and I mean, this is, you know, anyway, I, I just, my family tree is quite, is, is quite a, a lesson uh, of, and I have a responsibility to these people before me. Um, but, um, you know, I discovered when I went to, um, to Ireland, I went to Belfast because I'm a son of the American Revolution because um, uh, Benjamin Adair from County Antrim came to America and fought in the Revolutionary War. And my father, through that lineage, my father was one. And I, I found in his effects his card. And I, of course, I called and became part of that. And I wanted to go back to where my ancestry was to stand on that soil. In and Northern when I was Ireland. In Belfast, yeah. And then, yeah, you're Scott-Irish like I am. Because yeah, well, no, well, but here's where the Scott comes in, because not only that, the Rutfin is the other side, and they kidnapped Mary, Queen of Scots. Okay, the Rutfins, they were mercenaries. But this is the Adairs. When I checked into the hotel, my wife got this beautiful hotel and they upgraded us to floor to ceiling windows looking at this Presbyterian church that was built in 1657. As they said, are you and well, it you turns out I was Episcopalian growing up, but no, now shit. I'm no, 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 the enemy. No, no, no. Now, Father Kurt's going to chime in here, but you know, I, I'm Scott Irish, so of course I'm Presbyterian, and you should be too, my dear. Well, uh, hold on. And now, uh, this beautiful church with the big bell tower, there's only two bell towers in Belfast. There's the, the British one, and then there's the Presbyterian. Not British. And, Presbyterian. And, That's you, and, my dear. Um, so when I was checking in, I was telling the, the desk, at the desk, I was excited to be there because this lineage said, oh, would you like to talk over there? Uh, the concierge is, uh, he's, uh, you know, has a, you know, he's a master of genealogy. He had a <laughs> silver plume on his thing, you know, denoting his stature his accomplishment at that. And I left my, left my information with him and he called me up. He says, could you come down? I got something that might be quite of interest to you. He goes, not only are you Benjamin Adair's, but you are the ancestor, the Reverend Patrick Adair, who brought that church, who brought the church from Scotland to there and he built the church. So I was like, 
guys. <laughs> I, I, wow. I, I, and I, I felt more imbued with, uh, I felt like John Wayne in The Quiet Man. I was like, I was so Scottish and Irish and everything else. And what was fascinating yeah. about it, I, I, I went over, he said, I said, do you think they have things in that church? He goes, yes, they have a repository of the history. And I went over and I showed this lady, this sweet old lady. I said, this is my information. And I understand I'm an ancestor thing. Could you possibly, she goes, oh, come with me. She took me in back. She brought back this ledger that was 500 years old, whatever, boom, put it down. I thought she'd put on white gloves or anything. She opens it up and there's, there's the reverend's signature and everything there. And I have a picture of it on my phone, but I'm using it right here. And, and I was just knocked out by it. So, yeah, I, uh, I, um, I go to Presbyterian Church here now, and I, and I really like the, the uh, uh, anyway, I, I, I feel quite comfortable there, and they were, they're glad to have me. Um, they, because it's a, it's, it's a failing thing now, you know, there's a, there's a real thing to get rid of, get rid of spirituality, get rid of everything. And, and there's not many, uh, people in that church anymore, you know, which is, I'm sad to see it because it's a beautiful church, but, but anyway, so I do, I find a little, uh, I, I, all right. Okay. I, I there's so more exciting conversations, no, but I find well, no, 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 this is exciting because, you know, right now with all these crazy things going on in the world, Rex, people are yeah. looking for hope. They're looking yeah. for places of respite. They're looking, you know, and I'm like, you. look, I'm Scott Irish. I'm Presbyterian. I mean, that church, look, you pick your poison, right? So, and I'm going to have Father Kurt and others because this has turned out to be two shows because you're so fast. I'm sorry. I apologize to everybody. No. Anyway, it's been wonderful. I, I talked no, I was going to have to fly to LA and do a second show. Now you're my second show. I love you. You're so fabulous. So anyway. Any last questions? Anybody? Somebody throw something out. Yeah, no, no, yeah no, no. I got one. Go, to say, go. But I know Father Kurt's dying to say something because you and I are both present. Like Kurt. And I knew you were Scott Irish. I could freaking tell it, right? That's what we do. So anyway, all right. Take the, so, where's the thing? You're going to do it? Or we're out? No, That's we're it. not out. We're doing it. Ask that question. We're not yeah, Go ahead, out. Father Kirk. Not allowed to leave. <laughs> Who's got the question? Well, I, I will ask the question because because I am I am the resident theologian. And uh, thanks yes. for this show. As you may find out, I'll never be a bishop. That's the running joke here. <laughs> right, <laughs> because... because we're, because Father Kurt has done the show, he'll never be a bishop. You know what? I, I think it's very interesting that I was my conversation through this that led to this before speaking to you was not thinking, oh, well, I've got a theologian. I got to, you know, take my conversation somewhere. It's just it is. I was what I didn't say yet. It An hour of spirituality is not a bad thing in your week. It's not at all. Just to, no, not at you know, all. it well, is. Well, a, say, being a Presbyterian, this was all just meant to be. Yeah. So there, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, 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 but yeah, what, what uh, kind of, what, what would you say in terms of being in, in Belfast? And uh, if, if you had to, if you had to do a show in Belfast of what you have done in your time, uh, what do you think would be the best thing to fit the character of the people that you encountered there? Well, uh, you know, it is, it is, it's, I tell you, it is, 
I, I mean, what a show that I've done. I don't think, I mean, I mean, I'm, what as entertainment value, That's your one with, man with, show and you with you being with your heritage, if you did your one man show, it'd be standing ovation. I, I think they would adore you. I think they already do. And if they knew that, so you mean, because these are, you know, like I'm clan Napier, you're a clan whatever. That's how it works. If you're a part of them, they love you. You're part of them. Whatever you do is good, even if it sucks and you don't suck. So I'm thinking if you took your one man show over there, you'd be huge. And you well, are far sure. It is a microcosm of it is a clash of basically the same religion that has been taken to war mm-hmm. for so long. There's still a there's still a Berlin Wall in the middle of it that is shocking. It really is. And they, they you know, because of necessity of violence that can break out and such because it is long tenured you know there's there's great aunts great uncles great great uncles that you know were, that fell during the troubles and so there those carry on and there's still a lot of uh there's a poverty level that is a is a real uh you know it's it's real soil to keep uh, to keep uh, a, a feeling of you know hatred you know healthy you know what I mean there is no, there's reason for far beyond just religious there and you they- know there are so many things but it is interesting to be there because I went I met some people and we were in a pub and it was right I mean all all there was you know there's a lot of graffiti and such to that effect you know. And I was very close to the heartbeat of that thing in this pub. And I didn't know what sort of thing. But I tell you what, I tell you, I went into pubs and they were playing the music and I got right in the middle of it and going, yeah, and having the (laughs) best time. Music is the magic there. Music, when they when they start going, that is a it it, forget Burning Man or anything else. It's a rave up. It's a rave up like. You're not going to get anywhere else, and and, of, and it's of daily, Brad, it's daily. You go to a yeah. pub daily, and it's this yes. amazing music. But you know what? All of the any all of the tension and despair and such that is the the pressure valve release is the music, you Agreed. know, and that's what music is worldwide. But it's really on front and center on stage when you're in Belfast, you know. But um, the uh, it turned out, yeah, the Adairs, uh, you know, the Adairs were the ruling family. I mean, County Antrim, which is, they had a castle and everything. The castle's gone. But um, um, I think I should get a barrister. I think I'm owed one of the stained glass windows, you know, like out of the... You're Rex, you're the man a, there. You can only, so, you can work there the rest of your life and never work again. I mean, I, but, Ryan, Kurt, am, I think we're on to something, am I not? Right? I think I... I, I, I uh, uh, as I watch the clown show of what the world is, I, uh, my wife, I, I, go, I, I, I feel like I would have a voice, a political voice. It would be, you know, uh, like just to be, I, I, I would not look to be for an election to be reelected just to serve and see how that goes. And people like it and keep it. But my wife goes, you'd be shot in a week. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> Uh, actually, she says I mean, about me being on the HOA. They want me on the HOA. She goes, you'd be shot in <laughs> week. So, 
Well, you know, the smaller the states, the bit more vicious the politics are. So, yeah, those yeah. HOAs, those are going to be much worse than national politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That's getting hard to say. I mean, I can vouch for that for Kurt. <laughs> so, so uh, it is, uh, um, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's part of, I'll, I'll tell you this, the rediscovery of, not that I had, I don't believe faith is anything that you have to go into four walls and uh, stare at you know with Rex, you. I'm going to challenge you on that because that is what Presbyterian, that's what we're all about. We're all about faith. And I'm going to challenge you on this because I believe you are all about faith. I think you are faith. I think you are the guy, the stars align with your birth. I'm not going to compare it to anybody, right? <laughs> I'm just saying the stars aligned with you. Fate was on your side. That's a Presbyterian way. We we believe that, you know, fate and your fate, you know, you were supposed to be this. And I believe that. Now, Father Kurt, you can talk about this, but I am a big believer in Rexman. He is such a doll. He is such a force. And I have sat beside him. I've been around him. He is a force. So in my opinion, he, it was fate for him to have all of this. He's going to continue to have it for many, many, many years. <laughs> so, and, and the Presbyterian, and I'm not joking about this. We believe in this. It's not, you know, we believe that you, you were, you are marked to be a star and to have this and the stars align. So anyway, so Father Kurt, you can weigh in on this, but as a Presbyterian, I believe in Rex and I think he's going to continue to have this lovely, like because he was supposed to have it you tell me i think the universe speaks and 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 it just keeps happening so prove me wrong tell me Um, i i I don't think i'd want to prove you wrong i i think that there are ways in which stars align i'm also an astronomy professor so i like the image you're gonna let (laughs) rex you're gonna love this but but here's the thing just like rex just said music is the great uniter and Mm -hmm especially in the Celtic traditions and the Irish tradition, it's all about the music. And if there's one thing that people come together again, it's, it's the music and the singing of the story and the singing of the faith. And I think that's yeah. something that you can bring and you can keep going. Well, there is, there is, um, I live, uh, I'm 1200 feet up and behind me it's 2000 feet and it's, it's the first oil well ever drilled in California. And they got longhorn cattle out there grazing and, the, it was a Nike missile site in 1953 because it's the highest elevation in the L.A. Basin. I've got the whole basin. When I get up there to the top, it's like it's like the sound of music in L.A. I mean, it's like I can 360 from Mount Baldy to Newport Beach to everything. Right. And I sang for Leonard Bernstein. I sang his mass and the celebrant sings, uh, sing God a simple song, louder, louder. Make it up as you go along, louder, louder. Sing like you like to sing. God loves all simple things. For God is the simplest of all. For God is the simplest of all. I will sing the Lord a new song to bless him, to praise him, to bless the Lord. I will sing his praises while I live all of my days. For the Lord is my shade, is a shade upon my right hand. And the sun shall not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. Blessed is the man 
who loves the Lord louder, 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 and walks in his way. That's my prayer. I run to the top of that hill and I sing that and I, my grace is fulfilled. When I turned 60, my life was filled with gratitude. I believe gratitude is the cornerstone of grace. If I can ever witness grace, then my journey is fulfilled. And boy, that's as far off of being some raucous uh, kind of uh, rock and roll show. No, but no, it's, no, it's good. It's, it's, it's important. rock and roll, rock and roll, rock and roll high school. We've got four minutes, so you guys just go, go, go. I was, I was reading, I was reading in the book of Esther today that. I know Esther, you were. You're such a fucking liar. I'm sorry. You're such a liar. You're such a like Esther. Esther. At Esther. Esther, Esther had just become queen and they didn't know she was Jewish and her uncle, well, one of the king's main guys wanted to kill the uncle and take out all the Jewish people. And he was like, hey, if you think that they're not going to take you out, you're mistaken. And she goes, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to speak out against this guy. I'm going to pray for three days. I'm going to fast. What are you talking about this crap. I I'm bringing it back around. Smith. I'm bringing it back around. Okay, go, go. Well, so, do it now. So anyway, she's like, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to just get killed then and, and stand up for what's right. And she did it. You know, it was great. Anyway, that's what you did with that mobster in Florida. Yeah. That's the most uh, badass thing I've ever seen. Awesome. Taught me how to story. negotiate a contract, I tell you. And then let me say this. <laughs> my my last my last two children, my ex-wife's Jewish. My last two kids, they're Jewish, and I respect them for that, for having that faith. I respect anyone that has faith because it all goes into the same funnel. It's all aspiration for looking for for strengthening and 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 that that sort of eth- ethereal part of life that you can't you can't hold it in your hand. You hold it in your heart and in your soul. And so I admire that journey. And when they were little and I would be driving sometimes and I'd see my little one in a car seat behind and I would think of like Sophie's choice and go, you know, what would it have been in another generation with these children? And um, so, you know, my my family is like, it's like the UN. It's a little bit of this and a lot of that and everything else, but it, it makes a wonderful, wonderful. I am positive your family is not the UN. It's, it's way more better. It's a 20 layer cake, you know? Yeah. So way, way more better. So Carmen is the only one who has not. Uh, yeah. achievement, And she yeah. is the rock star, beautiful, fabulous attorney. What do you, what do you got, Carmen? I want to know if he still flies. You know what? I I I made a uh, I made a uh, I made a promise that I was not going to ride motorcycles or fly plane till all of them were eighteen. And now Savannah turned eighteen, and um, you know uh, I actually was talking to uh, Treat Williams, who he and I used to fly together quite a bit. Treat's got a couple of airplanes, and I said, Treat. In the spring, I'm going to come out and we're going to do some uh, we'll do some flying together. He's got, uh, you know, an L4 Cub, an old Piper Cub, World War Two era Cub. And he's got a beautiful twin engine pressurized. I can't remember what I haven't flown it. He he just sent me a thing. Come out and we'll fly this. We used to fly together quite a bit. And um, 
So I think I'm going to go bone up with him a bit because I'm in good hands with him. He's got every ticket, like he's an airline transport, ATP, everything, helicopter, you name it. And, uh, um, wow, time is perfect. My gardeners are here. It's going to get loud. Um, so, well, we've only got a couple minutes, so it's good. But I still want to hear you take my breath away. Let me tell you about that song. I'll just tell you this. Charlie Colello, it was my first day of filming that movie sooner or later. And Char- Charlie Colello, oh, I've got low battery. Charlie Colello was the producer. Did I disappear? No, you're um, still on. No, you're here. You're right. here. So my image. Okay. So Charlie Colello was the fifth uh, of the four seasons. He produced all the four seasons. So I did, I worked my first day on the movie. I go to record plant in New York about seven o'clock at night. He goes, Hey kid, go on out there. I got the track ready for you to take my breath away. So I put the cans on and I go, give me a little more treble. I need some more bass. And then I said, good, good. All right. Let me just sing one time. I was just doing to warm up do a thing. So I sang, you know, you take my breath away. And I go, uh, and, and I did that. And then Charlie goes, okay, we got it. Come in. I go, are you kidding? You know, I mean, I'd done two albums before, you know, and so I double track, triple track my vocals. This is before computers. I, wow. uh, you know, and I would like, it, you can't do it in one take. I go in there, I, I go into the control room and he goes, I want to play you something. He goes, roll that tape. And it starts, la, da, da, da. And he pushed up these faders, which are the, you know, the volume for the different channels. And he pushed it up and it was like four, you know, two women, two men going, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. And he goes, I don't guess we need that kid because I didn't know you were that good. And, and <laughs> so it's plain, I'm listening to it. And I said, I got to go to the bathroom. And I went and locked myself in. And, you know, from the, the guys that were going to kill me and all that stuff and all the dues I paid, I, was, I started crying just of going like, Aww. I just sang a hit. That's a hit. I, hit. I sang a hit song. That's what it feels like. And I did it in one take. It's the only, it's the only song in, in my career take. that I did in one take, and it's the biggest one. So, so not that's a surprise. proof of the pudding. If it's meant to be and if it's all that it's stuff, like you were saying, there's a, get out of the way. Nothing can get in its way. And I knew that was it. We believe in fate. You are a rock star forever. Love you. We all love you. And there's something that will never go away. And I'm just so honored to know you. And I'm so happy you came today. And it just freaks me out. You're you're the cheapest therapy I could get. You know what I mean? It's like. (laughs) You know, when you're saying, the music is magic. Solid gold. <laughs> yeah, oh, solid gold. That's a whole nother show. We'll do the solid gold. We'll do the solid gold. Oh, let me tell you, to go to work and work with the solid gold dancers was not the worst. What a great, what a great atmosphere. Yeah, I know. Rex is like, oh fun. yeah, I had to work with this because <laughs> they kept getting like you know scooted over to the side, but I'm thinking you hosted solid gold with the solid gold dancers. You're such a freaking, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. Like you really certainly started as a rock star and then you're like, you know, you're, you're, you're doing stage, you're doing TV. It's this, it's hard rocker, teen idol, superhero, <laughs> Broadway, fate is on your side. So never question that because you are a chosen one, you're fate. And I love it. Rex means, and I took, by the way, you guys, what did you take in high school as a language? Guess what I took? Uh, Latin. Me too. You know what that means? I know what fucking Rex. Oh, I'm sorry. 
freak. Uh, I'm sorry, Tony. Oh, gosh, I cannot get it right. I know what Rex means. King. Yeah. He's the king of everything. Uh, Love you, Rex. Thank you all. Thank you all for for Thank bearing you. with me for this thing. It's been a good journey. It was all right. Thank you. Rex, Rex, Onward Rex, and upward. Rex. Okay. Let's, let's do a toast. Let's do a toast to Rex Smith. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Look at that. Good, good on you. Is that a mason jar that you're? you're yes. There? Of all course. Right. I'm in freaking okay. Indiana. What do you expect? Right. But okay, you know, but I have rum punch for you, Mister. I know. So anyway, okay. I love you. I love you so okay. much. Okay. Thank you very much. All of you. Everyone, everyone toast to the man. What Cheers. do you all have to say about him? And then we're out of here, real quick. Everyone, everyone toast for the photo first. There we go. Okay. Now, thanks for, thanks for all your stories. That's all I have what, to what say. Wonderful. You're still my idol. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank and you, she has you. COVID, Rex. I was just in the world. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're bearing through it, right? It's not. Because of not, you, she told me no. And then like I said, Rex Smith is me, it, it's, it's a hard like, flu. It's whatever. How many days a, into it's it? It's a hard flu. He said no. Flu. And then, then I said, is. well, it's Rex That's what it is. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Like I mean, uh, I was I, ready to go, I was ready to grab my tea and go back to bed, and she goes, "It's Rex Smith." I said, "Nope, setting okay. my tea on the couch." See, here we well, go. look at you. You Ew. got your tea on the couch. You got Take a smile. That is the best. That's the best. <laughs> that's the best shot you can get is smiling, feeling good. See, you're feeling good. That's right. The, it's all you know, in the company that the, I keep. The, the body will follow you. You know, you feel that's good. That's right. All right. All the best to you all. All right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.